Hey, I'm Rutledge. Hey, I'm Connor. And we're friends stream sports. We're real friends who talk about real sports in real time, and my menu music is real loud, so I bet this is super hard to hear tonight, Connor, so I'm going to get in the settings, but how are you? Rutledge doing well, my friend. We are back, and better than ever. Spent a few days out on the road, had... Uh, a lot of good trips. I was in the state of Tennessee. I was to at least be in the same state as the Vanderbilt Commodores that literally Rutledge, they got beat so bad. Uh, I think the line for the Vanderbilt Georgia game was Georgia by 34 and Georgia was winning 35 nothing after the first quarter, which means that Georgia was covering against Vanderbilt from the end of the first quarter on. Oh my gosh, it was... We had it on at work where I worked and everyone was watching it. And being that I now live in the state of Georgia, there was a lot of Georgia people uh, <clears throat> that out there. And they were a little a little uh, skeptical. They're like, I don't know if we're going to win. It's like, I think at this point you've beaten the dead horse enough. So... Quite a win by Georgia. Not an unexpected win, though. Wouldn't you agree? No, not an unexpected win. I mean, you know, it's been made pretty clear early on by Georgia that they're they're really dang good. Although their win over Clemson is becoming less and less noteworthy. Um, although I think Clemson probably, you know, gave a better effort against Georgia ultimately than they did against NC State. Um but no, it's uh, Georgia has really seemed to already start to separate themselves from the other teams that they're playing. Yeah, there, uh, there is definitely something going on there to where they're starting to look more and more elite, where some of college football is looking more and more human. Um, the Clemson one, I'm not surprised by that. The one that has been surprising me right now, who is number three in the rankings, though, is Oregon. I'm not saying I don't believe in Oregon, but, um, Connor, I'm going to be the Browns. I feel like being the Browns tonight. So, sweet. who are you going to be? If you're going to be the Browns, I got to, I got to keep it going with my three and O Las Vegas Raiders. And we're downloading a, we're downloading a roster real quick here. There we go. Uh, yeah, I'm calling, I'm going to be the three and O Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, let's boot this thing up. Let's go to the dog pound. I am so ready. I hope you yeah. like playing on all pro difficulty because I don't know if I do. But um, I let's digress here. So the Oregon Ducks, um, 4-0, sitting at number three in the polls. They have, of course, their famous win is Ohio State. They put up 41 to beat Arizona. They put up 48 against Stony Brook. They put up a good 35 in the in Columbus, Ohio, and they put up 31 against um, Fresno State. I think what at least I like to see about this Oregon team is that they have been having some pretty big wins, but if you look at the big thing that do it is they're doing it in a kind of in a balanced way, unlike you know the Oregon that Chip Kelly made famous. Their quarterback, he had a 69.7 QBR. He had 206 yards with three touchdowns um, with his passing. 
no interceptions. But then on the running game, they had 187 yards rushing uh, with their number one carrier being Travis Dye, who put up 92 yards. So it's kind of a balanced attack to where we used to have the Oregon brand that we've all came famous to for a while was just run this kind of weird shotgun option thing and hope for the best. So I think they've been surprising to me. They have stamped. This weekend is going to be awesome for college football. They have Stanford this weekend. The only ranked team they have on their schedule, though, is UCLA. So uh, I don't know if they're going to make it into the playoffs, but that's the one that I know the big talk is Georgia. Uh, I'm watching Oregon right now, Connor. Yeah, let me ask you this, Rutledge, as it relates to um, as it relates to the rankings, and I think you kind of are hitting on one of the topics that we wanted to talk about, uh, is Oregon in the top four? Is that a hypothetical or is that a real one? That's real. Is If you're making a top four, is Oregon in your top four? In my top four. Um, yes. And should they be? I think, yeah, because, I mean, look at the top. So let's go. We always live here on the show. We love the top six. So it's Bama. This is the this is the AP poll. It's Bama, Georgia, Oregon, Penn State, Iowa, and then Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is the number six. I think Iowa beat an Iowa State team that was oh, that was pretty hyped up, but is no longer ranked. Um, and yeah, Iowa State has that is, that has not made us look good there. No, that ship has sailed. Auburn's number 22, so Penn State's big marquee win. And I think Auburn's only number 22, so Georgia can have a good opponent on their schedule. Um, I don't believe that there is just any need to put Oregon anywhere else. And if you said, okay, well, Iowa's not that good, Oklahoma's not that good, does that mean Cincinnati gets to climb over Oregon too? So... Um, and I agree with here. We have two people in the chat right now, Connor. We have Stevens out with us, and then we have a new person tonight. This is Ray Hathaway, twelve eleven. Big Hopefully. Ray, talking about those Woo Pig Suey Arkansas Razorbacks. Ray, thank you for coming out for the show tonight. We know we saw you on Sunday with talking to Connor on Facebook. Um, Steven, the steady, always here. Uh, Oklahoma shouldn't be in the top ten. I a hundred percent agree. Now. Uh, Oklahoma, Ohio State sitting at 11. I don't think Ohio State should be 11th. But that is the weirdness of this year in college football, Connor, is that it's felt like college football has evolved into this entity now that we get the preseason rankings, which it's, all right, write Alabama across the top of your paper, kids, and then after that we'll figure the rest out. And then we don't know who to figure out. Um, you know, we don't know who to put where. You're going to tell me that Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Arkansas, Notre Dame, Florida, that that's in the right order for everyone after five? I don't agree. But then we just walk around lost until the college football playoff ranking comes out. So I think there's a lot more to unpack here in this season. What do you think? Oh, I think I just threw up my first pick of our Madden time. You know, I think as it relates to uh, positions three and four, uh, you know, you've got Alabama – you know, they're, they're kind of the going away number one. You've got Georgia kind of the going away number two right now. And they seem to be the teams that are going to uh, – should be the um, – could be going against each other. And I know we've got some Arkansas Razorbacks here to touch on momentarily. 
if Arkansas Arkansas might have something to say about uh, the Georgia Bulldogs and their runaway freight train of a season so far, um, you know. But I think as it relates right now, you know, Oregon is Oregon's a pretty solid team. I think that they're solidly in that top four because of the way that they've handled teams, especially going into the horseshoe to beat Ohio State. You know, I think that um, I, I don't think Penn State is a top four team. Um, you know. I don't think Notre Dame's a top four team. You know, it's almost we're getting back to that question of number four is kind of a big question mark. And I'm going to throw my first hot take in there into this evening here. And I'm going to put a third SEC team into my top four. And it's due to the way that they are just boat racing everybody. This will probably change. But I think Ole Miss right now deserves, not deserves, but has played their way into a, uh, you know, into the college football playoff conversation and could very well be a top four team by the end by the end of this season, depending on how they play against Alabama. Not so fast, my friend. I don't think Ole Miss is a top four team. If anything, you're going to put Arkansas as a top four team. Arkansas, who is four and zero, and also has a good SEC win versus Ole Miss, who I think while we talk about who plays Bama and that's the big game, I think if there's going to be a game that determines something, it's going to be this Arkansas Ole Miss game. Let's not go again and not forget LSU is three and one, so they're not down and out there in the West. Um, but it's very much a a wild card of a year. Some really good stuff. We have great comments in the chat. That was a horrible pass. Um, Stephen puts out there that it's a crapshoot. You can just throw darts on the board everything and hope for the best uh steven makes a really good point of let's just make an sec top four where it's bama georgia arkansas and florida i would stand behind an all sec top four right now and put everyone underneath just because of strength of schedule um outside of that uh then ray also says if you remember last year we arkansas was leading georgia going into the half i'm not saying we're going to duplicate navins but they haven't played anyone ray i agree with you on the georgia side of things i think Georgia ranked number two. You're like, well, they beat up really good on Vanderbilt. Well, who doesn't? You know, Vanderbilt's there as a key. This isn't baseball. Right. This is this was baseball, that's another thing. This isn't this isn't baseball season. You know, and sixty nine like when you have players that are umpteenth times bigger than I don't know, your locker room. Did I get it? Nope, shanked it. Kicking is hard in the Shankopotamus. Shankopotamus. Um, uh, Ray again. I'll read his comment in a second. But there is no way that them beating up against Vanderbilt's not a big, huge marquee win. And I will admit it. South Carolina is not good this year. They're in a big struggle. Clemson is not good this year. So that makes that South Carolina-Clemson game will be fun to watch around Thanksgiving. But Georgia hasn't really played anybody yet. And this is where I think this is a college football flaw is that we get these teams that put up these big scores, but they don't have anyone on their schedule. And the weird thing about college football, which I'm sure frustrates other people in other conferences, is that in the SEC, if you beat up on other SEC teams, you can seem to get some forgiveness. But look at the dialogue, if you even go back to our content that we had again about Notre Dame and about Clemson last year, it was, should they be in the playoff? They haven't played anyone more Notre Dame than Clemson. So... Definitely think there is a lot going on schedule-wise, and in this college football playoff, teams need 
teams like Georgia need their opponents to be good, not just beat them by a lot. Yeah, you know, I think um, Georgia, you know, Georgia is going to benefit from a good Florida, and Georgia is going to benefit from a good Kentucky. And regardless of the outcome uh, of Georgia and uh, Georgia and Arkansas, Georgia is going to need Arkansas to continue to play well. So with that, Rutledge, let me ask you, uh, how does Arkansas beat Georgia? And, and to anybody else out there, what needs to happen? I've got some of my thoughts, but I want to throw that out there into the ether and hear some thoughts. You know, what needs to happen? You're going to have to be – thanks. That was a nice little pass there, Connor. I appreciate it. Um, they're going to have to beat Georgia in a way – they're going to have to beat Georgia by just using some speed or using some out athleticism or using the talent that they have to just – out playbook Georgia. Georgia has a stack full of athletes. They've done a really good job of getting good recruits in there. Arkansas is going to have to find a way to expose some type of weakness and just really put it on Georgia's make Georgia have to go with it and win. Um, I will put it out there. The one thing I can say is Kirby Smart's staff has not shown that he can out coach you. He can out recruit you and he can put the right bodies in the right jerseys but I will go back to big point case of Georgia versus Alabama when they went and they changed to Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and then all of a sudden it was a totally different ball game. And I know that they've come a long way since then, but in my opinion, when that is going to just sort of stand on your permanent coaching record, that that happened to you and they made that change and all of a sudden you couldn't do anything about it, I think that's going to be what Arkansas has to do. They have to do some big coaching stuff in order to beat that squad. Yeah, I look for Arkansas for, for Arkansas to win. I think that one of the big things that they're going to have to do is um, win every quarter. And and I know that makes sense. You know, of course you got to win every quarter to win the game. But what I mean is Arkansas. You know, if uh, one of the things that they do right, what do they do? They run the football well. Uh, they're number eight in college football in rushing. Um, you know, but. Arkansas to come out and have a couple sustained drives right there in the first quarter. You'll be able to punch one in into the end zone and um, be able to sort of take control of that game emotionally because, as we know, Kirby Smart will most definitely want to take control of the game emotionally. Uh, but then also be able to put Georgia behind the eight ball and put Georgia, uh, to use a, some soccer terminology, make Georgia play off the back foot a little bit. Um, you know, force Georgia into third and long uh, so Arkansas can then do one of the other things that they've done really well so far, and that's defend the pass. So um, I think that if, if we see a, you know, real tight first quarter, you know, Al Arkansas maybe 14-7, 14-10, you know, something like that, I, I think Georgia's going to be in for a long, tough day because Arkansas has a ton of momentum. And, you know, there's been a lot of, doubters of the quarterback of Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson. And, you know, um, not to say that he can't lay a stinker this week against Georgia, but, you know, Sam Pittman's got his guys going in the right direction, that's for sure. That is true. Some good other dialogue out of Stephen and Ray. Stephen says it doesn't really matter if anything of what's going on with Georgia and their schedule. They always choke in at least one game, and they're willing to say that Georgia – he's willing to go out there and say that Georgia would be a two-loss team – Ray is putting his money on the men in the trenches, saying Texas and Texas A&M 
We're supposed to both have solid D-lines, but their men in the trenches were best through physicality. So he's putting it on the line where I'm seeing it that they're going to have to do everything but not be in the trenches. Um, and that they have a strong linebacking core. So that's coming from someone who's an Arkansas fan, which is really good insight. So we'll see. It's going to be this thing kicks off. at It's noon on Saturday. That's a huge noon o'clock game. Big noon kickoff. Huge gotta noon love, kickoff. Gotta love those big noon kickoffs. You gotta. That's where you get. That's where you go to tailgate, and you're having you're having some mimosas and bloody marys when you get there because you stayed up too night too late the night before. And we gotta recover. That's a big old sack. Um, sack city. We'll probably getting into that, Connor. Are we gonna just make this a really big second quarter? Because there's so much more college football to talk about. This is our first big weekend, and then we can push into NFL in the third quarter. Sound fun to you? Let's do it. I'm all about it. I think that there is a lot of good college football to talk, um, you know, and outside of outside of the SEC West, there is a lot to talk about within the SEC West. But, um, you know, want want to switch gears ever so slightly, Rutledge. And I know we've touched briefly on these teams, but there is another huge game today that um, is going to be important for the college playoff conversation, and that is. Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. Uh, Rutledge, what what are you, what are your thoughts on that game? What are you seeing in terms of the capabilities of both of those teams? That is, oh, that is massive to have Notre Dame versus Cincinnati. If you think about it, both of these teams last year into this year were given this kind of, we don't know if you're enough, you're not good enough, your schedule, blah, blah, blah thing. To get two teams that if we had an 8 or 12 team playoff, would, it can't be French Dream Sports without both shanking the kicks. Um, I should the, just quit trying to kick. I should have gone for it there. That's what the Presbyterian coach is doing. Um, but the no line, doubt. get this, Connor, the line for the Cincinnati game in Notre Dame on NBC is Cincinnati 2.5. So, yeah, you see, it's, you know, I think um, – I was talking to a buddy of mine after after Notre Dame kind of was running away from it with Wisconsin, and you know definitely Notre Dame's biggest statement win of the season. Uh, but I, I, you know, outside of a few pick sixes by Notre Dame, which obviously that's important, uh, but you know some huge plays that Wisconsin gave up. It was really tight for most of the game. So you know, it's uh, Notre Dame has not been a very impressive team this season. No, and I think they're really sort of riding the coattails of years past. And they are, of course, the classic college tradition uh, team. Speaking of classic traditions, shout out to Daniel Mogg, giving a whale of the boys are back. Daniel Mogg is here tonight. Oh, can I give a little friend stream sports just shout out of awesomeness? Are you going to tell me that Daniel brought Russ this time? Uh, I wish. That'd be awesome. And Daniel, Russ might be sitting there with Daniel. Um, if Ray is still on, myself, Daniel, and Ray were once summer camp counselors all in the same cabin together. And, uh, you know, it was it was a good time. We had a lot of fun. That is, that sounds like, that sounds like a, uh, oh, Ray puts it in the comments, cabin two with a lot of exclamation points. That sounds like a Zoom show waiting to happen. Dude, the the amount of Canacac stories that could be told, even like sports, because it's a sports camp. Uh, yeah, that is a Zoom show waiting to happen. That is a Zoom show. Wait, I'm sure we can all have memorial stories that I can tell you that uh, 
while you could have those Camp Canacuck stories, Stephen and I can always have some living in Statesboro stories. That sounds like a good show waiting to happen. Some band camp stories? Can you can stories begin this one time at band camp? You know, actually, those are usually pretty bad stories. Um, this is a family show. But back to sports. I want to point out uh, something that I saw that – put this in the chat, guys, as we're going. Um Here's the line for a top five team versus an unranked, undefeated unranked team. 4-0 Iowa versus 4-0 Maryland. Iowa's only a three-and-a-half point favorite. Please tell me how one of the bottom feeder teams at the Big Ten is playing their... Um, oh, please catch that. This bottom feeder teams of the Big Ten is playing a number five ranked team in the country. And yes, they're 4-0 Maryland. Um, I'm going to pull their schedule. Maryland has played Illinois, Kent State, Howard, and West Virginia. So West Virginia is a good marquee win. But how is that line so close if if we think Iowa is as good as they are? Well, I, I would say I would counter your Iowa, is Iowa as good as we think they are point to the fact that, um, you know, the pollsters and the you know coaches poll might say, oh, of course Iowa's good. But I was always quote good mid you know early season right. They're Wisconsin. They're Notre Dame. They're um, you know they're a team that uh, comes out and just can never really put it all together. I think uh, I think honestly part of that does have to do with recruiting right. They don't quite have the kids and don't quite have the horses to compete on that national level. And you know I I think Maryland's also got a chance to really get it going on. So uh, going to be really. Uh, Iowa, just like Wisconsin, just like Notre Dame, are going to be in a lot of really, really close games. And they're going to lose some of those games. We're going to see if I get this kick. Nope. Oh, miss it. Oh, wait. You made it. Great job, Rutledge. Hey, and I'm winning this time. Uh, Great job. Starting out strong. Big games on the schedule for this week. We have, as we're getting ready to 42 seconds left in this college football quarter, um, um, as it goes, Arkansas, Georgia. We've talked Cincinnati, uh, Notre Dame. We've talked Ole Miss, Alabama's coming, even though Alabama's a 14-point favorite. Oregon, Stanford. Oregon's an eight-point favorite. Um, Ohio State that- plays... Ohio that Alabama-Ole Miss game is going to be real close. Ole Miss always gives Alabama a ton of trouble. They really do. Um, Ohio State plays Rutgers. I'm going to go hot take out here and say Ohio State gets upset by – oh, you're gone. I got two flashes with the bug. Speaking buttons. of roll tide. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to put this out there bold. I'm going to just put it out there for fun. No reason. I'm going to pull in a Dan Patrick. I don't have a reason behind this. But I think Rutgers upsets Ohio State, and it shakes Ryan Day's career down to his core. Um, Florida, Kentucky. Uh, That's Baylor. a huge game. That's a huge game in the SEC East. It's huge. Baylor, Oklahoma State. That's a good top twenty-five matchup. Uh, Indiana plays Penn State in what could be a trap game for Penn State. And then that's all the top 22s. Auburn and LSU are featured, but that's just because Auburn's ranked. But that's a good game for the West. Arizona State and UCLA. So there's a lot. This is uh, I could see I could see LSU totally boat racing Auburn. Yeah. Uh Auburn has not looked good. I I don't think I don't think Penn State is as good as uh as advertised. So a close loss to Penn State even though it was the quote whiteout game was not as impressive. I think Brian Harson is uh I think he's got his work cut out for him for sure. So I, I could definitely see a lot of separating 
on Saturday between the haves and the have-nots. Oh, definitely. I uh, speaking of haves and have-nots, Ray brings up. Uh, Stephen talks about drinking in the borough, which is that's that's our cabin ten and one and two. Uh, Ray brings up Iowa and Iowa State are notorious for key season upsets. That's true. He said also the whole state of Iowa is frustrating. It's nothing but uh, cornfields and upsets. That's so true. I've I've given Iowa a try, and it, it's definitely frustrating whenever I'm there. Shout out to Ray coming out, dropping some good stuff in the comments. My favorite comment he put is that he's going to be pre-gaming for the Arkansas game at his kid's t-ball event. <laughs> yes. Please come what back. Kind, what kind of mug is the pre-game beverage going to be in? Yeah, please come back next week and tell us how that went. Did you did you have like a Yeti cup? Did you just take a McDonald's cup? I want to know. Quarry we we know. all want to know. I saw a meme today, Connor, that reminded me of something that we that we would do. And it was basically a guy at a KFC with the chicken bucket, but he was filling the chicken bucket in the di- in like in the Pepsi machine. And all the meme oh, yeah. was just sir in all caps and uh I could see us that being something we would do all the time. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Although you know, there there came a point where I just wanted to uh, make sure that I was invited back to fast food restaurants that I wanted to go to. So, um, you know, uh, I just said I, I can spend a dollar on a medium-sized beverage. Yeah, I don't have true. to get a water cup and fill it with Sprite. Anymore. Any, yes, anymore. That's, but, how, uh, that's how you know you've made it. When you buy your sodas... And then you do what Steven says, which is you get a little hug juice barrel and you put gin in it and you go to your kid's event. Hey, you know, that is, uh, some folks might call that a veteran move. Not all heroes wear caves, but all uh-huh. heroes have. all heroes, yes. But all heroes have And we got hugs. a chance here to, to bring in this first half. You know, my coaching suggestions are telling me uh, not to throw the Hail Mary. <laughs> And I think that I'm just going to say, hell no. The second that you said that and you picked the play, my coaching suggestions were just on for defense. He's throwing the Hail Mary. So let's see what happens. Oh, Clowny. Sorry, Clowny got clowned by my O-line. Oh, oh nothing happens. <laughs> Ray. Ray is great. Uh, he took Steven's advice and says, I can't do that. My luck, my kids would drink the wrong little little jug. Like, yeah, probably <laughs> Good. Good, All good. Right. Uh, we got a well, kick. I think we do the kickoff, right? Then we go to halftime hot takes. Exactly. Madden doesn't let you pause in between quarters. But we do have a good pause for the cause of pause because once again, ladies and gentlemen, mostly just gentlemen, it is time for halftime hot takes brought to you by our good friends at Daddle's Coffee. Yahoo, yes, Daddles Coffee, hand-roasted coffee company in Winter Park, Florida, uh, with the proceeds going to help with uh, uh, research for the surgeries for the King Charles Spaniel dog. So uh, always with Daddles Coffee, it's a great cause for the pause. Check out daddlescoffee.com. Type in promo code FSS for Friends Stream Sports for a 15% discount. And so they know that we sent you. Yeah, definitely go out and check them out. I know Steven's gotten him some daddles. I have some daddles. Connor, I know you've had some daddles. 
They make a really good cup of coffee for you. They also have a pumpkin pie flavor, all just in time for fall, as at least up here in Georgia, the leaves are changing, the temperature is changing, the sweat is less perspiring. It's beautiful. So some Daddles coffee. And as we get ready, we're going to halftime hot take to preview into our NFL third quarter. And as that goes, there's only one thing in the NFL that I want you to talk about, Connor, that we'll give our hot takes on. Are you buying or selling the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Oh, I'm totally buying the Chiefs. I know that they've had uh, some tough sledding here out of the chutes. I think that, and one of the things that we're going to talk about is the rest of the AFC West. I think that the rest of the AFC West has come out hot, but they're going to come back down to the median. And, uh, you know, Patty Mahomes is too good, and the rest of that team is is too good. Word on the street is they're going to be adding Josh Gordon because he got reinstated. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm buying the Chiefs. They're going to be just fine, and they're going to be playing late into late into January. I am selling the Chiefs. This schedule for them got so much more intense as there's a lot of great teams on this where they only have one game that I can look at on their schedule and I can say they got it, and that is when they play the Giants in November. Um, so I am selling out on the Chiefs here. I'm not saying I'm abandoning ship soon, but we saw after they won their Super Bowl a little slight change. Ed, my line for the Chiefs has always been the quote from Iron Man 2, if uh, God bleeds, the shark will come. And it seemed like that year they won the Super Bowl like they were indestructible. And there's just some little things that are changing. I watched that game where they lost to Kansas City, and they couldn't seem to sort of rally back. Um, they just, they're starting to just look like a football team now and not this unreal, surreal event. So it'll be a huge week to see them play uh, at Philadelphia this week. Well, uh, let's agree to disagree. That's the that's that's the point here. We're 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 able to do that here at Friendstream Sports. We can, we will, and we do. So love to hear everyone else's comments in the chat on if you are buying or selling the Kansas City.